0: grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. may be seated. I have two dogs. Love these dogs to death. Some days I kind of wish that death was sooner than others. They're both beagles, if you know what I mean. One of them is eight years old, and the other one is two years old. And I bet that you can guess which one of them is better behaved. <laughs> I love these dogs. Every once in a while, I like them. <laughs> Thing is that they are both the most lovable dogs, and yet they can also be extremely naughty at times, and I am sugarcoating it. it who is the two-year-old beagle, is a thief. He lies in wait until food or children's toys are left unattended. Then he makes his move. If you don't push in your chair, he'll be standing on the dining room table within seconds of turning your back. Just like that. Now Hoosier, on the other hand, the eight-year-old, is a shameless beggar. If you were to ask him and he could answer back in your language, he would swear up and down that no one had ever fed him in his life. (laughs) If you got food, he wants it. You eat it, I want it, so let's have it. Both of them have their ways of getting bites of people food. Shameless begging and patient trickery. Both of them end up with a bite once in a while, and they both have their place in the family. As much as they beg from me or from Amy, it's really Eleanor who is their primary target. (laughs) She has reinforced before my very eyes the words of Mark's gospel, Lord, even the pups under the table get the children's crumbs. Whether it's food dropped or food deliberately thrown to them, That's a fun game, Ella, isn't it? She's eating. Even when we're out to restaurants, sometimes she'll throw food on the floor thinking the dogs are going to get it. Whether it's food dropped or deliberately thrown, the doggies never miss out when Ella's around. A few minutes ago, we heard the words of the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. And here, Jesus is actually trying to get away for a little while, and people won't stop bugging him. But were you expecting the response that he gives this woman? What would you do in that situation? Yeah, I know your daughter is in need, but it's not right to give the children's bread to the dogs. Did Jesus just call this woman a dog? Good thing he didn't use the female-specific form. (laughs) What would you do in that situation? Jesus, I need your help. And he responds, sorry, you're a dog. What's the deal with this? We need a little peek into the context around here. The passage begins by noting that Jesus entered into the region of Tyre and Sidon. This is no longer Israel we're talking about here. This is not even Samaria. These people are outright pagans. Gentiles, people who do not keep the law of God, and even worse, they are people who worship false gods. These are not heirs of the promises made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. These people are outside the covenant. They might as well be dogs. In fact, that's a common term used by Israelites for them. Gentile dogs, and not in the endearing way. Essentially, this woman is someone who has absolutely no business asking anything of Jesus or any reason to hope that the promises of God made to Israel have any bearing on her life whatsoever. Have you ever felt this way? Or perhaps you know someone who has. We hear it all the time and we think it all the time. God could never love me. He knows what I've done. I'm too lost to be found. I'm too broken to be fixed. Sure, we sit in church and say God loves all of these good, kind, and decent Christian folks, but not me. What about a wretch like me? Or what about the common response that you get when you invite someone to church? I think the walls would cave in if I ever darkened the door of a church. How many stinking times have you heard that excuse? it sounds like an excuse, but I think people really feel this way at times. You've gotta get your life together and then you come to church. Either we know someone who's been in such a place or we've been that person. The answer that they expect from God or from his people is sorry, you're a dog. You don't deserve it. You're outside the promises of God. You don't belong, you don't believe, You are a dog, and we are God's children. But look here at the faith of this woman. Mark gives a little bit of detail about her. She's a Gentile, strike one. She's a Syrophoenician, who are neighboring enemies of Israel, not just neighboring pagans, but outright enemies of Israel, strike two. And in the first century in Israel and surrounding countries, she's a woman. Should have no business speaking to a Jewish man anyway. Strike three. And yet, she has the boldness to barge into this house where Jesus is practically hiding and demand that he cast a demon out of her daughter, who's not even there. And even more so, one thing that our translations don't always catch is that Mark says literally that she began to argue with him. Argue that he should cast the demon out of her daughter. We have the word begged here in English, and I suppose that works for intensity's sake, but we're talking boldness. Bold faith in Jesus' ability to overcome suffering and pain and the forces of evil. Boldness of faith to know that Jesus is the only hope for her and for her daughter. All of this from a pagan, someone so easily labeled a dog by people on the other side of the fence. I think the reason I hate our younger dogs so much sometimes is that he is me. He's smart and he's a pain in the butt. This woman here is relentless. Jesus says, allow the children to have their fill first. For it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the pups. This makes me so angry as a parent. When the dogs are stealing food out of the baby's hand, I just lose it. Not only did she have no business barging in here and making demands of him in the first place, but she doesn't even give up in the face of what seems like a refusal. But is it really a refusal? A refusal? Another thing that we don't get in our translation in English is that he uses a diminutive form of the word for dogs. This is why so far I've said pups and doggies. He's not talking about the nasty, feral dogs that scavenge in the streets in first century Israel, but the little house pets that run around and clean up the scraps under the table. The family pet. Not exactly the severity of the picture we may have been thinking of, but it's still put down, it's borderline offensive, and it's very derogatory. But as many of you have experienced yourselves, pets are very easily part of the family. They may not be children, properly speaking, but they're part of the household. In talking about this passage, Luther described it like this. She catches the Lord Christ with his own words. Yet still more, with the rights of a dog, she obtains the rights of a child. Now where will he go, the dear Jesus? He's caught himself, and he must help her. But know this well, that he loves to be caught in this way. If we only had the skill of this woman to catch God in his own judgment and say, Yes, Lord, it is true. I am a sinner and not worthy of thy grace. But you have promised forgiveness and didst not come to call the righteous, but like St. Paul says, to save sinners. Behold, the Lord must then through his own judgment have mercy on us. The Lord loves to be caught in this way when we catch him by his own words, when we hang on so tightly to his words, both law and gospel, that that's all we have left. Sure, we might be Gentile dogs, Gentile pups, but even the doggies get the crumbs. We are sinners, but forgiveness is only for sinners, and God has promised forgiveness to those who believe in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Jesus says to this woman, on account of this, your argument, go. The demon is already gone out of your daughter. And apparently this woman was right about Jesus. Not only is he able to cast the demon out of her daughter, but he does so from a distance, almost like it's no big deal. So we have this woman who has no business talking to Jesus, arguing with Jesus, and still he provides exactly what is needed. That is precisely who Jesus is. If anything, this woman was not wrong to approach Jesus with this request, but only perhaps that she was thinking too small. She recognizes that we Gentiles might only be entitled to table scraps, but that Jesus is more than willing to give us so much more than that. He's not only the Lord of this world, he's not only the Lord of Israel, he's the Lord of the entire universe, and he gives us all that is good. This daughter, having been granted relief from this demonic affliction, would undoubtedly suffer again at some point in her life. The deaf mute man in the second half of our reading would not be free of problems in this life just because his most debilitating ailment had been healed. But guess what? These three people, the Phoenician woman and her daughter and this deaf mute man, they encountered the love and mercy of Jesus and came to see that he has power over all of creation. Not long after their healing, Jesus would undertake The greatest act of healing and of rescue in human history. Working to bring about the perfect healing for all of humanity. Not just for Jews, not just table scraps for us Gentiles, but a feast. Magnificent healing and wholeness for all of eternity in his glorious kingdom. And you can see the depth of Jesus' love here. Even when things don't really seem to make a lot of sense. There is no one, and I mean no one, who is outside the scope of God's love for the world in Christ. And by that I mean you. If the only thing that you've ever known is shame or guilt or pain, if you think that you are unworthy even of the table scraps, think again. Jesus has prepared a feast. For you and invited you into his kingdom to live with him in his kingdom, which has no end. A kingdom which you belong to right here and right now and someday will experience in its fullness when he comes again in glory. All of this he accomplished for you, not in his great strength, but even in his weakness in his bitter suffering and death for you. If that's what his weakness can do, imagine what his strength can do. There is no special heritage required. There is no argument required. There is just pure grace and love for you from the God of the universe. Amen.